Portobello, Edinburgh's seaside. This is a thriving, growing community with people doing all sorts of interesting things in the arts, sport and heritage. They all have their stories to tell, which is why we have the Portie Podcast. In this first episode, the people of Portobello have achieved a Scottish first, the first urban community buyout granted by the Scottish Government. Belfield Church is a landmark building dating back to the start of the 19th century. When the Church of Scotland decided to merge three of the parishes in the area, it was closed as a place of worship. But the community wanted to turn the building and its associated halls into a space for the community. First Friends of Belfield and then Action Porty were formed. This week, a well-attended public meeting was held to hear about progress and the plans for its development from a group of consultants. Getting to this stage has meant some pretty intensive work, as I heard from someone who's been involved from the start, Justin Kenrick. Well, we've had conversations with the church here over the last three years in anticipation of the fact that they were merging, because they've gone through this process of merging the three congregations, so it was clear that there were going to be two churches, two church buildings that were going to be for sale. So as that became evident, and then as St James was, was on the verge of being sold, you know, they were going through all that process, it was all quite... Um, it wasn't very clear from the outside what was going on, but it was clear what the outcome would be. And at that point in 2013, the minister at um, Belfield at the time wrote a paper about you know, the future he saw if, that, if Belfield wasn't one of the, ch- the church that the congregations merged into. And he saw it as a kind of ecological centre for the future on the John Muir Way that goes along the prom there. And he wanted it to carry that kind of um, spirit. So in a sense, that the question that came up this evening about how can it carry on being a sacred space as well as being just useful for the community, I think was there in the minister's mind. And it was something that kind of there, then informed the thinking coming into this process when we had the meeting in April in, uh, above Triporty. But the point is, at that point, suddenly there was pressure put upon you. you. You really needed to draw the community together. Suddenly this needed to happen or not happen. And of course, what you got what you usually get, which is a few people saying something can happen and everybody else saying, no, it can't. Mostly because everybody's really busy doing their own stuff and therefore they're aware of the amount of work that's going to be involved and they're not necessarily able to commit to that. But a few of us got together at that point, in March it was, uh, to say, what are we going to do about it? And then we called the meeting in April which was packed out. It was a small space, but it was over 70 people. It was packed out with real concern and, and passion and a lot of ideas. And from that, we then formed Friends of Belfield, a dozen of us, to carry it forward, with a lot of other people saying, we'll do bits and pieces. And it's a very resourceful community with people really able to step forward and make the press contacts or find the right people to do you know, different aspects. And then, and you now so, have something like 500 people involved in total? Yeah, I've got, got over 500 members now. That happened over four days, we got about 340 members, when we suddenly, we'd left it a bit late, as we do. This is all being done very fast, as well as we can, but over the time period. We've got a a limited time, really, not just from the point of view of the church selling, but also the point of view of trying to secure Scottish land funding before the end of this financial year. So we've got a kind of two processes that we're, we're working within that both mean that we need to move quite fast. And so we've got over 340 members within four days. And that reflects not us, but the community and the fact that the community is so willing to you know, take action and respond and tell their mates to take action and respond so that we've got the, got the backing we need. And, of course, the great thing is that you are, you know, this project is, is the first to be a community buyer. Well, a first urban community buyout, if it works, yeah. Well, certainly the first to register to do the community buyout, which 
gives us eight months from uh, the church deciding to sell to us being us raising the funds. And if we can raise the funds in that time, then we have the first first right to buy it. And it has to be a market value rate. They're not going to be done in. They're going to get, I think, probably a better rate than they get from a developer because they had developers turning up to look at the place and obviously what it would turn into if it was sold privately, turn to houses, turn to flats. And developers have turned up, I was told by members of the church, and they'd walked away because they said, well, this is... This is not, it's got a graveyard here. This isn't possible. We can't use this in the way we want to. So I think unlike St. James's, it's actually not that valuable a space from the point of view of somebody developing it for houses, whereas it's an invaluable space for the community, obviously an extraordinary space that we, we want to keep. Well, the challenge of actually developing the space or giving the vision for the space has been passed across to a series of consultants and Richard Heggie from Urban Animations. Is that correct? Yes. Urban Animations. Urban Animations gave the presentation for the hard work that you've put in over the last few weeks and months, you have a particularly interesting challenge in the sense that you have a 200-plus-year-old church and a 60-year-old set of halls next to it. How did you address that challenge? It's a fairly straightforward answer, that one. The building has inherent quality, particularly in that church space, the beautiful listed space. But the halls themselves uh, are also very well-proportioned spaces. They're very useful for the kind of functions that they serve at present. And in fact, what we're trying to do with the building is largely what already happens there. It's use of those halls by community groups and it's use of the church space uh, as a ceremonial place. So fundamentally, we're not really doing much that's different. What we want to really do with this this building is to encapsulate the quality that it already has internally but also externally and the graveyard and burial areas and the memorials just add that extra bit of character to this and part of the discussion tonight mentioned uh, the idea that this building and set of spaces has the opportunity to create something that isn't offered locally elsewhere it would be a unique facility and I think that's a huge attraction for people in the community There were various uh, suggestions being put forward about the range of different activities that could take place within the the various spaces. Could you just outline some of them, please? It's almost endless, um, but it narrows down into a group of three or four key uses. One is ongoing use of the community halls for rentals by local groups, whether it's brownies, uh, after-school clubs, sports clubs, dance schools, whatever use of the former church space as a, an ongoing use as a ceremonial space, weddings funerals, uh, celebrations and so on, a cafe there's been a cafe operating successfully in the building previously and people would like to see that function retained but then also bringing in probably an additional level of performances arts and cultural uses uh, beyond what's taken place in the building before. The problem with the two holes has to do with insulation. They get too hot in the summer, they get too cold in the winter. That's going to be a major part of the renovation, isn't it? Insulation of the holes is particularly important in terms of creating a sustainable property which uh, is able to manage its energy costs. If we can keep the overheads down on that building, then it becomes easier to make it a viable proposition and operate profitably uh, on a year-to-year basis. It's also a question of comfort. We don't want that uh, yo-yoing temperature. Uh, We want something that's stable and managed and controlled so that the space is attractive to as many users as possible. Isn't that going to be quite an expensive thing to do? Uh, It will have an expense, um, but it's expenditure that's potentially suitable for grant funding. 
and addition of energy efficiency measures is something that a number of grant funders would look favourably upon. So it's not going to mean the, the community putting their hands firmly in their pocket? I would say that from time to time the community will be asked to put its hand in its pockets to support the project. We won't just be asking them to turn up and fill the halls. There may be financial contributions requested from time to time. Whether or not that's one of them remains to be seen. Justin Kenrick, if I can return to you. We have possibly some time before the keys are handed over. How confident are you you're going to be able to maintain the momentum within the community? Well, I think the community has the momentum and we're just, you know, acting that out for people and people are providing that kind of push and that's what we just had somebody coming up now with, you know, huge events experience offering his insight and his suggestions and, and all the rest of it. I mean, people are turning up and, and really want this to happen. I think the closer we get to that, the more we're going to have that kind of input. People think that you have energy at the start of something and then it dwindles away. In my experience, it's quite the opposite. When you have energy at the start, it's a bit like priming a pump. If you pour that water into an emptiness... People don't have pumps these days, do they? But anyway, back in my day, um, you know, you, you prime the pump, you, you make something start to happen, and people want it, people gravitate towards it. So I think we'll be fine. I think we'll have a lot of energy for it. Yes, you used the, the analogy of a new road that fills up in the same yes, way I mean, the, the community will... Well, that's, that's the, the theory of roads, is you, you build roads, and in theory it's to, to deal with traffic. In reality, it creates traffic. You know, the more roads you build, the more traffic you have. That's, I mean, there's a short period where you don't, and then you do. But when you create more community space, you create more community, you create more energy, and especially with the numbers increasing, 2,150 new homes being built in the next few years in and around Portobello. But even without that, people's focus on the local here is very, very strong, and, and that only, can only increase as we create more resource for them. So the next stage? Well, the next stage is we hopefully get our app second stage two application into the Scottish Land Fund on the 2nd of December. And then we hopefully hear back from them by mid-January, or I think late January. And if we hear, get good news from them in terms of them covering the cost of the purchase price by 85 90%, then you know, we're, we're pretty well close to getting there. I think we'll get the keys in. In the next, well, in the next six months, that's for sure. Four to six months, rather. Four to six, six months, rather than six to eight. I think that's what I'd go for. But it does depend on a good dialogue with the church. It depends on a very fruitful, positive dialogue where we can arrive at a very, you know, we don't have to go through the community right to buy process. You know, it can be a, an amicable settlement between us with the lawyers appointed to make sure that there's a very clear, straightforward deal and agreements on both sides. And if that's if that happens, if it's a productive, creative, positive process, and it will be because this, you know, just today. Portobello and Joppa Church has allowed us to have this meeting here and that symbolises where we are going forward. It sounds as though there are going to be quite a lot of stories coming out of this particular project as uh, time goes on. So, Justin and uh, Richard, thank you very much indeed. Thank we'll you. probably Great. be speaking to you again. <laughs> <I hope so. laughs> Thanks a lot.